What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the LCR Media Podcast. I'm your host, LCR Nailer Taliaferro. On today's IBG episode, I wanted to recap a little bit what's going on for me and my business, my lawn care business. It's now fall. I don't think officially yet, but it's the end of September, early October. Um, we've been doing a lot of aerating and seeding. Also, of course, still to have the mowing schedule, different separate episode talking about aeration and seeding. It's, that's something near and dear to my heart. Something Similar to leaf removal, which that's way back in the archives, um, one of my first couple episodes talking about my leaf nightmare story. I've also since, you know, uh, um, last year and the year prior, I'm sure also talked a lot about leaves and, you know, how I kind of conquered that whole service offering and, and, and everything that included with that um, is definitely something that I, I uh, was not familiar with from a homeowner going to a professional. And I just, you know, I did, there was, I, I wasn't connected to the social media community, the online community back then, you know, nine, 10 years ago, it really didn't exist. I kind of stumbled upon it shortly after that. Uh, but I just, you know, I didn't really know how to take care of leaves. So w- without, with, with, that lack of knowledge, right? You don't really, you don't really do the right things, make a lot of mistakes. And um, unlike cutting grass, that's one of those things that's relatively easy to figure out. Of course, there's a lot of nuances and having the right, most efficient equipment, taking care of it so it doesn't break down, um, getting, you know, high-end clients, you know, with, with really nice properties that you can stripe all different directions, patterns, so on and so forth. Having straight lines, of course, is not for everyone. You know, it is definitely taken for granted. People think, oh, you're just cutting grass, but there are some, some, uh, some little nuances there and some skill involved, of course. I mean, you're not, you know, a, a brain surgeon by any means, you know, you're not going to school for, you know, however many years to learn how to stripe a lawn, but it is definitely a skill and it's, it's not for everyone. Same thing with like trimming, edging, making sure everything is straight and crisp and, and all that. So, but my point is a lot more people can, can, uh, can figure that out, right? There's not as many, uh, trials and tribulations, you know, you're, you're on a lawn short amount of time for the most part, um, in and out, get it done, whether you're by yourself or not versus like leaf removals is my point. Like leaf removal, you know, no, no property is create equal, you know, with the amount of leaves, the type of leaves, there's just so many different nuances when it comes to so many variables when it comes to leaves versus lawns, you know, grass is grass. There's some, there's different types of grass, but you know, at the end of the day, you're you're cutting grass. Uh, Not, not as much um, can catch you off guard as, leaves. You know, you could be there for hours, for, for days in my case, um, in my leaf nightmare story. So I had to learn, you know, the hard way how to get through all that, but aeration, my whole, my, my whole point, which leaves are coming up next after aeration season, it's coming up towards the end of fall. Not, not yet. Although leaves are starting to fall for certain trees, but the majority of them will turn and start falling in November here in central Virginia, Richmond, Midlothian area, uh, but aeration and, and seeding is is what we're doing now. We start that. I start that in September. A lot, a lot of the bigger companies start in August, even though it's super hot and dry. But they just want to plug the holes and and get the seeds down in there as quick as they can because they if they have a really big schedule and they got to get it all done by you know the end of October. But I've seen some of these companies in November still putting seed down and and all that. But 
you know, you just have less time for it to germinate and grow before it gets really cold and everything goes dormant, um, you know, until the spring in like March when it starts warming back up again and grass starts greening back up and, and, and the new grass starts growing again and all that. So the whole point is you want to kind of get it done as early as possible in the fall for many reasons. Uh, again, separate episode dedicated to this. I'm, I'm kind of going off onto some baby tangents here, but um, it's just that time of year is my point. And, you know, the later you wait for aeration to do aeration seeding, that the rainier it gets, the cooler it gets. So the cooler soil retains moisture longer. So everyone's yards become muddier and muddier. The, the rainier it gets, everyone's irrigation still on, you know, it's September through October. Typically people wait till the last minute to turn it off, especially if they're aerating and seeding because they want to make sure they're watering the seed and the new grass, rightfully so. But it usually rains enough around here. It's cool enough around here that people can kind of like cut their sprinklers off after the initial like week or so of watering the new seed. Once it starts to grow, you can pretty much just shut your sprinklers off and, you know, winterize them so the pipes don't burst if it gets really cold over the winter and we have a lot of freeze, a lot of freeze uh, below freezing temps and all that. Um, and you can just, you, you can just let the, uh, the rain do do it do its work you know and and the soil just like i said retains the, the moisture so it, it it the roots of the new grass and the existing grass are going to stay uh nourished all that time anyway you don't have to keep watering and riding because then it's impossible to mow the lawn you can't even walk a lot of the of these yards without getting stuck in the mud just to try and trim sections because they're so wet and muddy you can't get any kind of mower a 21 inch you know residential 50 pound lightweight mower you can't even do that without putting a million little skinny tire tracks everywhere and just looks terrible so this is this is a challenging time of year is my point uh to this whole episode from sunny to muddy right here in central virginia anyway you know we go from super hot dry summers you know with some storms here and there that just doesn't really do much of anything only the heavily irrigated yards the heavily fertilized yards in the more premier neighborhoods, HOA, cookie cutter neighborhoods where I primarily have my accounts, <laughs> um, fortunately and unfortunately, because, you know, they want to keep up with the Joneses. They want to, you know, they, they're not always, they're not all cheap. You know, most of them appreciate the value. They're they're willing to spend some money to keep their property looking good. They, they have high expectations, which is good and bad, but there's a lot of job security there, right? You know, once you get in there, you get in there and everyone's referring you word of mouth and they're seeing you driving around in the neighborhood. They're taking, you're taking care of their neighbors, all that. So it's easy to grow quickly when you do a good job and you just always have that consistent work. But with all that being said, comes all these challenges this time of year, you know, the, the, the non-irrigated or the, the, the people that don't really care that much about their yard and they have more weeds and grass or a, a mix of both. And those are the drier yards that are starting to slow down as it gets cooler anyway, but you're able to cut them just fine and dandy and not have to worry about this muddy mess and destroying yards and getting stuck constantly. I mean, I've already gotten stuck multiple times and it's only been like one week. <laughs> Really, like like one week really deep in the season. And and of course we had a tropical storm that came through over the weekend. So that didn't help things. So people I mean people literally have their sprinklers still on every morning and we just had a tropical storm with multiple inches of rain and you know in in like a less than twenty four hour period. People should have cut their sprinklers off before the, the storm and kept it off all this time. So that the the lawn, the soil can try and 
rebound, you know, recover from all that because we can't do anything with it. I can't aerate that because it just digs up the mud. You know, you, you, you got to be able to pull up the cores of the soil so that you can actually aerate the soil, give it space to spread and breathe and the roots to, to grow and get the air and the sun and the water and the fertilizer and all that nutrition to go down in the soil um, from all the compaction from the, the whole summer of it being hot and dry around around this this area. Clay soil is the natural soil, which is very hard and, 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 and doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it. So you have to constantly pump it full of stuff to condition the soil. So the state of Virginia recommends aerating your soil uh, around here. You don't have to seed it necessarily, but at least aerate it. But seeding it right after you aerate it is the best timing as well because you get the seeds down in the holes. So it's nice and uh, shady and uh, holds moisture down in there versus just being on the surface, doesn't wash away, you know, down into the cracks or down the hill and pile up somewhere else. And you get a big cluster of new grass in some random spot that you didn't need it. Um, going in the holes, it stays in there and grows up out of the holes and starts to fill in those areas. So it's all ideal. You know, again, the fall season's cooler temperatures. So that's where grass seed germinates and grass grows the best. Same thing with the spring. But we, we do it here in the fall for cool season grasses like tall fescue because uh, we have we don't go into the summer. So if we do it in the spring, it's going to grow just the same as it would in the fall. But then it's going to fry like fry to a crisp basically in the hot Virginia summers. I mean, it gets 100 degrees every other day. Sometimes many days, many days and sometimes many days in a row with very little water unless you're you're watering your own yard if you have irrigation. So it, it's tough. So the best time is in the fall because like I said, it's cooler, it gets rainier and the soil retains the moisture, which makes it a muddy mess. So you really have to communicate to your clients this time of year because it's just, you know, it's it's like they forget, you know, like every year it's like you have to re, they have to relearn how to take care of their lawn all over again. I, I don't know what the, what the issue is, but I guess that's life, right? The this like it's like houses it's how the world is right now, right? We just keep evolving into, you know, <laughs> a bunch of uh I don't even know what. I don't want to go down those rabbit holes, but people just want everything yesterday. They don't want to take time to do anything. Everyone's just more and more impatient. You trying to utilize every I'm all about efficiency, don't get me wrong. And I'm all about trying to save time so I can use my time for other things, you know, wisely. I don't want to waste time or any of that kind of stuff. I get it, but it just seems like everyone's so busy that they they forget to even focus on certain things. You know, oh they 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 forgot that they left their dog out. You know, we were just on a property today. And we go in the backyard and there's this cute little dog. It's cute. But I'm like, I'm afraid I'm going to mow this thing up. You know, like, no, like no one's answering the door. I'm like, what is going, why is this dog out here? Then we see another dog, like a replica, like it's twin or something just in the house, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, standing up and barking at the, at the door, wanting to get out. Then the other dog's terrified of us and wants to get in, you know, like up, up on the deck. And we're just like, can you just stay on the deck, please? So he can hurry up and finish this lawn. Cause like, what, what the heck? We're already like done. Like we did the whole front every, you know, we're just trying to finish up the back, which fortunately is small and out of the way of where the, you know, where the dog is safe. But like the whole time I was freaked out, like looking everywhere, making sure that this dog doesn't just randomly just pop up, you know, just standing there behind me and I just run it over. It was like one of those tiny little, you know, 
tiny dogs like like Toto, you know, where the Wizard of Oz, you know, put in a hand basket type dog and, and it's cute. But I'm like, this is dangerous. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, what am I just going to skip the bat? Anyway, I'm not going to go. That's the, I'm not going to go into that whole conversation. I'm just my whole point is <laughs> just, you know, the people like what you, you how, why is one dog out and one dog's in? Did you for, let that dog out and forget that they're out there? And then you just like left? Like, let me go run some errands. <laughs> Poor dogs. I mean, it's fenced in, but still like. You never know. Something tragic could happen, like all types of stuff, weather, whatever, that the lawn care guys come and mow up your dog. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to live with my, I, well, I would, I, it, it, I, that would haunt me for the rest of my life is what I'm trying to say if that were to happen. So anyway, people are just so absent-minded because they're so busy. The last thing on their mind is worrying about their lawn and are the sprinklers on while it's raining, like, I get commercial properties because no one's paying attention to that. You know, how many times have you driven past like a parking lot or something, um, you know, a bank or whatever, or a big, you know, like a Walmart or something like that in the rain, you know, like it's raining. So you're like, oh, let me run some errands. And you're driving past some commercial property and the sprinklers are on. (laughs) And you're like, oh, man. But of course, no one cares or pays attention to that. I don't even know who would even be in charge of that, right? It's such a big operation. It's not like you know, Susie Jones that you can just text or call or email and, oh, or ring the bell. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go shut that off real quick. Or can you open the garage and I'll shut it off? Like it's not that scenario with the commercial property. So I get that, but, and there's so many different people involved, but I mean, someone's house, it's just like one or two people typically, you know, like a husband, wife or whatever, you know, like, or just one person, like how hard is it to stay on top of that and to read the emails that I'm sending you and all this stuff. Like, so I try to communicate. I try to let everybody know, Hey, like I actually have three, here's, here's a little, maybe first bit of value here, some, a tip, but throughout the season, I, I send friendly reminders for proper irrigation for spring proper irrigation for summer to keep your lawn green through the hot, dry summer months, and then proper irrigation in the fall, fall, t- fall watering tips, because it should adjust. People should adjust their sprinklers. So, you know, like they, they, they're turning them on in the spring, which typically people are turning them on in the summer, you know, like in the spring people. So we don't have this like muddy problem really in the spring because the soil's going from being frozen and hard to starting to warm up and soften up as the grass starts to green up and the spring temperatures are changing and everything's starting to grow. The plants, you know, bushes, trees are getting their leaves and everything. And the grass is starting to do do better um, and we're, we're starting to mow, but the grass isn't muddy. I mean, the soil isn't muddy because, you know, yes, it is raining, you know, kind of just as much as it does in the fall because it's in the spring, right? It's trying to get everything growing. That's how nature works. But it's uh, not, people don't have their, there's not the extra added bonus of people overwatering their lawn because <clears throat> most people around here wait till the last minute to even get their sprinklers turned back on. They wait till it's like hot and dry and their lawn is starting to, to not look so good anymore. You know, they wait too long. So we don't really have this problem with, with all the mud. So when you go into the fall, people have had their sprinklers running, you know, all season long, they should be dialing it back. If not turning it off, like I said earlier in the episode, especially if they're air, I mean, if they're not aerating and seeding, they should just shut it off altogether. Uh, But if they're aerating and seeding, you know, have, have the sprinklers going, you know, uh, for, 
you know, seven to 10 days until the, the new grass seed starts to germinate and grow and, and then just shut it off and then, you know, make, you know, wait for it to be winterized or whatever, because it's just not necessary. Because like I said, the cooler temperatures, the soil is going to retain, uh, retain the moisture. So, so people are overwatering, they're, they're still watering and then they're overwatering because they're seeding, aerating and seeding. So they think they just have to pound the, the, you know, the soil with, with water, even though it's not dry anymore <clears throat> or hot. So the soil is already just going to stay wet and now you're watering it and then it rains. So it's a trifecta of unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunate circumstances. And then here we are trying to you know, stripe it and make it look nice and, and just a muddy mess. And we're getting stuck constantly. You know, I've got, like I said, a long time ago now, it seems like, um, I, I got stuck multiple times. If I was by myself, I would have been, I would have been in some trouble. And, and that's happened to me before, unfortunately, um, in the earlier years when I was solo, I had to learn my lessons the hard way. I also learned how to get unstuck and how to navigate things properly and how to walk sections, you know, and how to just be more prepared and, you know, when you're not doing random lawns and you're doing weekly lawns, you you know, you start to get to know where the muddy spots are, you know, where, where the water accumulates, you know, slopes, all that kind of stuff, what you can and can't do on, on different scenarios. Like, oh, it rained a bunch. I can, I probably have to push mow this backyard or something, you know, or probably gonna have to trim, you know, a certain area, you know, like otherwise I'm going to tear it up or something with the bigger mower. Like you just get to know those things. That's part of one of the many reasons why I stick with you know, reoccurring clients week after week, month after month for the whole season, instead of being like an on-call mowing service, constantly people still contact me. I mean, all year long, people contact me. Can you just come, you know, cut one time or, you know, or whatever their reason is, they just moved in and they need to get it cleaned up. They're trying to put their house in the market. They need to get it cleaned up. They're just, they just couldn't get to it or on vacation, whatever. They just need one or two mows, like whatever their reason is. A lot of them are pretty legit, but I, I stopped doing all that because it just adds more challenges that I don't want to deal with, especially this time of year in the fall. It's like, what? No, I am not dealing with that. People will call or email like, hey, because they aerated and seeded and then they skip two, three weeks. You know, they follow the protocol, you know, to the T, except for watering. You know, they overwater and, and, and it's a mud pit, but they don't even know that because they don't go out in their yard. It just looks super green and tall and lush. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to get through this with my little mower. So then they they call or email me and I've done this before because they're like neighbors to our clients that we already have or they're on the same street. And I'm like, all right, what's the big deal? They're right there. Why not? That's easy money, right? That's profit. And then I go on the yard with the big mower, not even thinking anything because it looks just like the rest of the yards we take care of. I didn't think I had to walk it or whatever. You know, obviously rookie mistakes back then. You hop on there with the mower and you just bottom right out, you know, or you're going perfectly fine. And then you go around a corner, go around back or go around to the side where the sides of the houses are usually the worst part because you have two, you know, overzealous people, um, homeowners just overwatering you know, one little section of, of both yards that overlap and the sprinkler is just going to town and it rains and it's cooler, so the soil retains. And so it's like a complete disaster there. You have no hope but to trim that whole section. So, you know, you go, anyway, you go around the corner in that section with the mower and boom, you just bottom out because you sink so deep, you just bottom out. Just, you know, you scalp the lawn and you just get stuck right there. I mean, you know, you're still, it's not like it bogs, bogs the mower, a commercial mower down, but you shut the blades off, you get raise the deck up and you're like, now nah, how do I get out of this? 
So I've been there, done that, and it's, it's not fun. But fortunately and unfortunately, having employees, I say unfortunately because it makes you have a false sense of security. Like, well, you know, I can always, you know, someone could, you know, like, you should be thinking like someone else could just trim this. You know, it's not like it's me. I'm in a rush. I, I'm trying to pinch. I'm trying to squeeze out a little extra, you know, with the mower so I don't have to do as much trimming or go get the smaller mower and come all the way back to this backyard or whatever. You know, you're thinking all these things instead of just doing what you need to do. But when you have employees, you should definitely be thinking like, oh, I, you know, I'm just going to tell so-and-so to hit this with the small mower or make sure they come over here with the trimmer, you know, instead of taking a chance. But unfortunately, you know, sometimes we still take chances like, oh, man, it's 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 been a long day or whatever the scenario is. It's really hot. You know, it's been a long, you know, it's also been a long day. It's really hot. And, you know, but it just rained a ton yesterday. You know, but I'm, I'm going to see if I can get a little bit of extra, you know, with the mower out of here and then boom, you know, you get stuck. So I'm not saying that's what I did in these situations. Honestly, I got completely surprised in every single one of these situations where like an, an area in a, in a yard that's never muddy or not as bad, just all of a sudden you come around the corner and bam, you just get stuck, you know, like just, just bottom out, like, holy cow, like just completely catches you by surprise, which happens to the best of us. And fortunately, I have someone, at least one person always with me or usually with me to be able to help kind of push me out of that situation, you know, or rock me out of that situation. You need a little bit of momentum to help move the mower while you're spinning the wheels. So that's like a two-person job, unless you get like a, you know, a heavy-duty ratchet strap um, or a, a um, uh, a winch. That's what I couldn't think for a second there. A winch, which I purchased a long time ago when I was solo because I used, I broke a whole bunch of my ratchet straps that weren't heavy duty. Unfortunately, shout out to Mitchell, Mitchell Gordy with a uh, myth go outdoors, um, on social media. He, uh, he'll probably get a good laugh if he ever hears this episode, but, uh, my little baby straps, my shoestring straps, I, I, I'm a notorious apparently for getting my, uh, you know, my, um, budget, you know, budget hardware store, you know, 10 pack of, um, bungee straps really, but they're, they're straps, but they look like little shoestrings, you know, according to Mitchell, but, uh, you know, they've done the trick for all the things that I've normally needed them. But when you're in, when you have some heavy duty situation, like you're trying to strap down, you know, a really heavy mower on a trailer to go a long distance or something, (laughs) Uh, and long story there, inside joke there, but those of you that know, know, you know, or can backtrack and figure that out on Paul Jameson Green Street Podcast episode, um, not too long ago for my North Carolina trip, but any rate, um, or you're trying to get a mower unstuck and you're using, you know, a bunch of straps to wrap around the, the closest heavy, the closest sturdy tree that you can wrap, you know, just get everything all connected and just start so the mower and everything, just start using the old ratchet. That's what I definitely did the, one of the first times I got seriously stuck in a bottom of a hill pinned up against the fence with a walk behind. Ask me how I know. But uh, I have a YouTube video and everything. Um, but I didn't have a winch. So I got one after that because it ruined all my straps. I, I had a whole bunch of you know value because it's like a 10-pack, right? Maybe it's a 20-pack. I don't know. Uh, dollar store, maybe Dollar Tree, and uh, I got um the the you w- broke all like bent and warped all of those straps, but I got the mower out. But so anyway, <laughs> unless you have that, a whole bunch of heavy duty straps or a long enough one or a winch or all of the above, heavy duty being the 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 the, the key there. 
um, by yourself, you're not going to get unstuck. I mean, there's been times I've, you know, I've found tree limbs and pieces of wood. I mean, you know, like property marker stakes, uh, you know, trying to find stuff in my truck or trailer for like to shove underneath the tires for traction, just to kind of get it up and out of that rut that it's sunk in just to try and get some momentum, you know, out of that, that, that section, hopefully, um, Sometimes you really get yourself in a pickle and you bottom out in like a endless, seemingly endless muddy section. That's where you, I see this stuff on Instagram and people have to get like towed out or pulled out with a truck. I've seen people get their truck stuck because they, they back their truck up, not knowing how, how that like this entire area is mud. They just kind of came from a okay area into this area you know, and just immediately got, got stuck and bottomed out with their mower and then realized that there's no hope, you know, unless I get my truck to pull it out and then they back their truck up and then their truck gets stuck trying to pull the mower out, digging all in there. Cause the truck's heavier than the mower and it's getting stuck in the, in the mud. So there's all kinds of crazy stuff there that, you know, it's, it's a tough situation. So you, you really, you know, it is what it is. It definitely does happen to the best of us by accident. Like, you know, there was no reason for you to have had to walk a section or a property. And then for whatever, you know, and for whatever reason, it's just a mud pit and you're just like, dang, you know, so there's all kinds of ways to avoid that. Obviously there's all kinds of just walk it. Right. But there's all kinds of ways to get out of that situation. And when you have an, at least one employee, that's the easiest way to help them just help kind of push you in the right direction, give you that momentum while you're, you know, you know, pushing the, the, the controls forward to get the wheels moving so you can move at the same time and get out of there. So that's what we had to do several times, unfortunately, because it's that time of year from sudy to muddy. For the past five years, Naylor Taliaferro has been working on something special for the lawn and landscape community, something that's never been done before, an event that will change your business, your creativity, and possibly even your life. The LCR Summit is a two-day event chalked full of masterclasses taught by the best in the community. It is the live event of live events. Seating is limited to keep the classes engaging, and so everyone gets a chance to participate. Go to lcrsummit.com or click the link in the podcast description for full details. Speakers include Keith Kalfas, John Pajat, Paul Jameson, Marvin Salcedo, Jonathan Potoshnik, the lawn care millionaire, and some guy called Mr. Producer. That's right. I can't wait to see you at the LCR Summit. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com, and of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. It's that time of year from sudy to muddy. Uh, so anyway, just kind of wanted to give, give, give you that update. 
just just for fun, right? A little IBG episode. Um, you know, I'm right there with you if you're right there with me. We're we're all in this together. So, like I said, things I try to do to avoid that is probably the most value out of this episode is communication. I'm really good at communicating with my clients. I mean, I use Service Autopilot. It's the CRM that I use. I'm sure other ones have similar functions, but you know, there's a client portal. You know, obviously the whole client information, their 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 whole uh, setup, whatever it's called, their their page, their profile, whatever, where you can access all kinds of stuff. Email them, whatever, whatever you got, whatever you need to do. It's all there, um, and it's just easy for me to email one person or you know, pull up a list of people, click select all and send an email to all these people. I can save, you know, I can uh, type up an email and then save it as a document so that I, and you know, I can just pull it up whenever and whenever I need to, uh, throughout the year or every year, like I have a document for aeration and seating prep instructions and post instructions. So pre aeration and post aeration, and it all comes down to what watering, right? So I give specific instructions, which again is in the aeration episode um, on how to water before, how to water after, of course, marking your sprinkler heads properly, valve boxes, anything, you know, invisible fence, anything that could be damaged in the lawn by the aerators, all that stuff. So that that's all do, um, saved documents. So all you got to do is just click on the button for all the documents to come up in the email within Service Autopilot click the document that I want and it just uploads it. And then I just, it just sends it to 50 people or two people or whatever, whoever I click on for that. Or I can just type up my own custom email and, and then I can make that a document or just, just a one-off for, for Susie or whatever the scenario is. But I also have proper watering tips documents for spring, summer, and fall. Um, so I, every season, the beginning of every, of each of those seasons, I, send that, send those emails out. So this time of year, I'm sending out the false um, watering tips like, Hey, if you're not aerating and seeding time to, you know, dial your, your sprinklers back because of everything that I just said in this episode. So I'm not going to reiterate all that, but I just, everything that I just said in a very short, you know, paragraph, I say, you know, about the soil and, and the, the water retention and the rain and cooler temperatures, all that stuff, unless you're seeding, unless you seeded, you know, which once the grass, the new grass is growing, cut the water off anyway. You only need to water for about, you know, seven to 10 days if you're using good quality seed with high germination rate and, you know, and, and dial it back so that we can get on your lawn and maintain it and not ruin it. Also, another tip, some value here also to, to throw in this episode, uh, more than just the, the you know, sending the emails, communication for irrigation, sprinklers, watering stuff is... This time of year, like I said, how muddy it is and, you know, unfortunately end up, you know, rutting, rutting up the yard or getting stuck or whatever. Always have a bag of seed with you, with you, you know, whether it's in your truck, your trailer, um, even if you don't provide aeration and seeding, like anyone can do this. You can go to any store, you go to Walmart and grab, you know, a high quality bag of seed, whatever brand you want, as long as it's, you know, high quality, high germination rate, like 90% or, or higher. Um, and you just get the smallest bag and you keep that on hand, whether you keep that, you know, um, I, I've, I've used like, you know, uh, cheap plastic cups, like go to different events, you know, um, throughout life, you know, a lot, a lot of times if you have family with kids, there's all kinds of, you know, fairs and, and 
school events and all kinds of stuff where you go. There, there, there's so many things in life where it seems like you're you're bound to go to an event somewhere where there's like tables set up and people are giving things away. And one of the number one things people give away is these cheap little plastic cups that has like their logo or whatever on it, you know, just to advertise their business. So we always accumulate those kind of things at our house. The kids always like using those, you know, it's just easier than having like glass around and stuff that could break and things like that. And um, the kids just, you know, they just think it's fun or whatever to have these kind of small plastic cups. So I would always use one of those, you know, take one of those out of the cabinet and I would, you know, uh, pour some seed in there and I would just have that with me so that I can, you know, like literally while I'm mowing, like either you have a zero turn mower, sit down zero turn mower with like a bucket attached or something, or I have on my grandstand, the Toro grandstand, Toro has multiple different types of add-on accessories that you can put on your mower. And one of them is a little, like a little trash bag that you attach to the side of your mower. And many people have seen that on my videos and social media at Long Care Rookie on YouTube and so on. And have been like, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? I'm like, it's, it's Toro. It's Toro's. It's on their website or ask your equipment dealer. You know, they, they have the part number for everything, you know, just buy that and put that on the side of your mower. Cause it comes in handy, not only for trash, right. Um, throughout the yard, but also, so you don't have to shove it in your pocket or stick it on the platform and step on it. So it doesn't blow away and remember to throw it out when you get back to the truck or trailer and all that, or the customer's garbage. If, if it's, you know, out of the garage and, you know, on the side of the house or something or exposed somehow, you have your little trash bag to put it in. And it's also a great place to put a cup of seed. You could even use like a styrofoam cup, whatever, you know, whatever you want. Just I wouldn't advise like glass or anything because that's easily breakable versus just a disposable, you know, styrofoam cup or, you know, coffee, you know, to go coffee cup or anything like that. You know, that's that's a disposable thing or a plastic cheap and expensive cup that you have from from whatever. That comes really in handy to, to use that, to have seed in there, stick that in your trash bag or wherever. And this way, as you accidentally, you know, rut through a spot or, you know, tear a spot because it's too soft because at this time of year it's wet, water holds it, you know, the whole thing that I said er, <laughs> already, um, you can just grab a handful of seed and just sprinkle that, you know, right down on top of that spot. Um, and it's, you know, it's muddy usually, so it's going to stick and it's going to be moist and it's going to germinate pretty quickly and start to grow. And and at the very least, the you're, you're being proactive and you're addressing something before the, the customer even sees it. So when they, if they see it, then they see that there's a whole bunch of seed there and they're like, oh, wow, that was nice. Like, oh man, that's a bummer that they did that, that they messed up that spot, but oh, they put a bunch of seed down. That's cool. That's cool. They're fixing their, their mistake. You know, it makes it a lot better than them seeing a tire track or a tear or a rut and they don't know, you didn't say anything about it. And it's just, just there. And they're like, well, what the heck, man, they just tore up that. And then they might send you an email or call you or something. Rightfully so. Right. But again, accidents happen. So it's just about taking care of it properly. You know, send an email if you don't have any seed, you know, I'm sorry, I messed this up, uh, you know, get some seed. And like the answer should always be, I'm going to get some seed or I'm going to put seed down. Like that should be the answer. Anyone can do that. You don't need a license, nothing. It's inexpensive compared to so many other things. Just grab a bag of seed if you don't already have some and throw some seed down on there to fix the spot that you messed up with the mower. It's just it's just a little hack that I, you know, I started doing a long time ago and and you know, people appreciate it. And and the grass will grow and fill in that spot. And you just gotta be more careful next time. Um, so that's just another little quick tip there that I wanted to add in. There was one time, I'll end I'll end with with this, I, I think. <laughs> um 
there was one time a couple years back, a yard that has always been perfectly fine. You could, you, you could put a 72 inch, you know, dually mower on there. Well, I guess that wouldn't be a problem if it's dually. Those, those, those wheel, it's such a wide wheelbase that it just kind of glides over everything. Doesn't really get stuck anywhere, but 72 inch, you know, regular single wheel mower, super heavy, put a 300 pound, you know, person on it to add even more weight right over the wheels or behind the wheels, whatever, whatever platform it is, go on this property, you'd be perfectly fine. Right. So never thought anything of it. Get on this property this time of year, maybe it was a week or two later from now, maybe it was more closer to like actually in October or something, you know, deep into aeration and seeding, uh, season. And I, I get on this property, I'm mowing it just fine. I come around the side, right? Go figure. <laughs> I come around the side of the house, but it wasn't like the narrow side. That was the other side. That one, I I don't even think I, after that even went over there, but this was the, this, this was like a, a wide open side where it was uh, next, you know, uh, uh, blended in with the neighbor's lawn, but there was a fence separating it and all that. Um, but, you know, just go around, boom, and come around the corner and just immediately just bottom out and get pinned up against the fence. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was able to get out, but I, I had to continue to tear up the lawn. Like it was, I guess the slope of it all or whatever allowed me to continue. Like I didn't stop. Like that's, that's, that's the kiss of death. If you stop, like, like, uh, if you stop moving, like if you, if you, you can feel that you're in mud, you can feel that you're slowing down and you could just feel that the ground feels soft. It's, it's hard to explain if you, if you're brand new, but if you know, you know, when, when you're, when you're, especially when you're on a stand on mower, you just know, you can feel when the wheels are slipping and, and you're like, uh Oh, and, and then, you know, you can look and obviously see it. The worst thing to do is panic and stop because once you stop, you're done. It's like you just get stuck. You're just permanently stuck. Um, you have to continue. You know, if you're going fast and it'll slow you down so you can slow down a little bit, but continue moving to keep the momentum going because nine times out of 10, you can just get out of that situation unless it's like you're down a hill or something and you're like, oh no, and you're trying to go back up and that happens. And I mean, you still try, but at some, you know, usually you're just going to end up bottoming, bottoming out or the wheel's just going to spin themselves into a hole and there's nothing you can do. Those are the real tough situations. But typically if you're on a flat or semi-sloped surface and you're going down that slope, especially, or it's flat, if you're trying to go up a slope, it'll still work a little slope sometimes. But the point is you want to keep moving forward or try to bail out. Like usually you try to angle your way out of that situation. Like I was, you know, the fence was on my left. So I started turning slowly to the right like the slightest bit, you know, turning to the right as I was moving slowly forward to get out of that situation. So I was just rutting the entire way out, but I had the momentum to keep rutting my way through until I could get to a, a drier spot or a, just a, a, a less muddy spot and get out of that situation. And then there was this huge rutted up section all the way through. Like, I mean, it was like the whole length of their side yard. It was terrible. And it was like as deep as like the tires, like it was almost, well, I mean, I, I didn't go that, that, that far down. Otherwise the the deck would have messed everything up, but you know, would have really just stuck, got stuck and dragged and then made the given too much resistance. And then the wheels would have spun. So that's a problem too. But, um, I, I, 
it, it, it was deep. It was probably half the, the, the depth of, of the wheel. Like the, it came to the middle of the wheel. It was just, it was super, super deep ruts. And I felt terrible. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I know that he just got his yard aerated and seeded because, you know, I had to skip and I didn't do it. I didn't aerate and seed. This is, uh, again, more stuff for the aeration and seeding episode. I'm hyping this episode <laughs> up like crazy. But uh, so, you know, wait for that one. If that if it has, hasn't come out yet, I don't know. I'm just kind of banging out episodes here and there whenever I can. So I'm not sure what the scheduling is going to be with Mr. Producer for these episodes. But um, anyway, all, all more details on that, I, you know, uh, uh, on that whole scenario. But I didn't aerate and seed this property, but I knew it was aerate and seeded because they told me it was. And, and then of course I had to skip it. So it's just, it was just, you know, I lost money all the way around. You know, I didn't even get to aerate and seed it and then skip mowing and still come out ahead with some profit, you know, because you're making so much on aeration and seeding versus mowing, you know, it's still, it's, it's not a wash. You still end up ahead, which is a short summary of what I talk about in the aeration and seeding episode why I got into aeration seating. But <clears throat> so I, I had to skip it for a couple of weeks. So I knew I was coming back for the first cut and I, sh I should have known, but I just didn't think because I, it was, it was still so new. This was many, many years ago. Um, and I think I might've still been solo. I'm not sure. So it was still rookie stuff and I just had no idea. So I completely destroyed that yard. I was aerating and seeding other yards, you know, that time of year, of course it's this time of year. Um, but just not that, that, um, property, for one reason or another. So I grabbed some seed out of my, my trailer and just, you know, went ahead. And I mean, first I had to try to smush everything back down and try to flatten everything back out again. And then I got seed out and just basically reseeded that whole section. I just got, I actually got my spreader out and everything. I didn't even bring the bag and like hand sprinkle. I just brought the spreader out, poured some fresh seed in there and just walked back and forth, back and forth and just covered the whole section back in seed and reseeded the whole thing. And I felt terrible, but I felt like that was the right thing to do because I messed it up, even though they really messed it up by not communicating. And when I emailed them and said, I'm so sorry, you know, this is what happened. I had no idea it was that wet. It's never been this wet or whatever. He apologized like, oh, I'm so sorry that that happened. Maybe I should cut my watering back from two times a day to one. And I about fell out of my chair when I read that email. I was like, are you serious? What? Two times a day? Who gave you those instructions? That is completely unnecessary this time of year. Good grief. You shouldn't even be watering, period, this time of year. Like I said, after the first seven to 10 days, keep that seed wet, water it once a day. That's all you need. It's going to germinate and start growing and then cut that water back. And he had been watering for like probably a week after the grass started growing twice a day, every day. What in the world was he thinking, right? So that just brings me way back to my original point of how people just don't think they, 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 and then if, even if they, like, it might've occurred to him, like he, he honestly forgot that he had it set twice, twice a day, you know, he's working, whatever. He just set it and forget it. Right. That's the problem with irrigation. That's what happens. And that's why I send these emails throughout the season to remind people friendly reminders, because what you set your sprinklers at in the spring is not the same for the summer and not the same for the fall. You should have three different settings. And if you don't know how, let me know. I'll be happy to help you. I'm pretty adverse at all these different types of sprinkler systems, 
after the last nine years that I've been messing around with them, including my own couple of different places we've lived here in Virginia, you know, I, and I'm really good at figuring stuff out, like whatever. Some of them are super complicated and I'm like, I don't know nothing about that, but I can definitely program your zones properly. You know, I can set the time, time per zone, make sure that the actual time of the day is, is accurate and the date, because you, you'd be surprised. I go look at people's stuff and maybe a power outage or something, and then it reset and it's the time's off. So the, the sprinklers are coming on at like 4 p.m. instead of, you know, 8 a.m. or whatever, like all these crazy scenarios, um, the date's off. So it's like watering on a, it's, I'm like, why is it watering every Wednesday when we're here to mow? Like, why would you have it watering and mowing? Oh, it, it wasn't set that way. But then you look and the date's off. So it thinks it's a, a, a Monday or something or a Friday instead of a Wednesday. So I've done all types of stuff to help people out. Usually it's the elderly folks that have no clue and you know, it's, it's, it's more of a hassle to wait for them to get a hold of their sprinkler company to come out and, and try to, you know, explain to them how to use it or just do their own thing, which no, no offense to sprinkler companies, but a lot of times, I don't know if they don't have a clue or they just don't care, but they just, they really set it and forget it too. And they have these interesting things that they say to people of how they should be watering. And I think to myself, unless this irrigation company is a lawn care company as well, a lawn maintenance company, they, they've actually been fertilizing lawns. They've been mowing lawns on a regular basis throughout the entire season. How would they even know or, or just, you know, got educated, you know, maybe they went to school for horticulture or something. I mean, I'm not saying they had to cut lawns, but unless they actually know about grass and how to maintain it properly, how to water it properly and all that, why are they giving tips? Like beyond making sure the sprinklers run and they're, the, the coverage, there's proper coverage. I mean, you know, and, and how to set the system properly. Is, is that not all that they really need to worry about and not to give people suggestions on how to water their lawn? Because it's always wrong. Uh, again, unless they're already a lawn company that does irrigation as well, or just has a lot of um, learning or training or whatever, they, they really don't have a clue. So they're always telling people the wrong thing or setting it for the wrong thing. So I'm always fixing and adjusting. So like I said, it's, it's a lot easier for me, especially for the elderly folks. I don't charge anything for it. it literally takes me five minutes. They just, you know, as, as long as everything's ready to go or they don't talk to me for an hour, which that happens unfortunately with the elderly folks, but you know, they, is I can just zip in and zip out. Just look at the thing, see what's off. Oh, well, the date and time's off. Let's fix that. And then you're good to go. You know, let me check all the zones. Yep. They look good. Boom. We're, we're done, you know, uh, or adjust it, you know, dial it back or dial it up, whatever, you know, change the days. You're watering every other day for the love of God. That's not how you properly water a lawn. <laughs> Let's fix that. You know, like all these things. I'm not an irrigation company, but I, I'm a lawn care company. I know how to take care of grass. I've been doing it for nine years now. So plus I was a homeowner for many years prior to that and became obsessed with it, which is why I made it a business to get out of retail management and do something I really enjoyed managing, which was lawn care. Um, and, and, you know, I'm good at it as a homeowner. So let, let's replicate that and teach other folks on the team to do that so we can grow and, and have a good old time. But so, you know, people just think I'm just a guy that cuts grass, but I have a lot of skills that I've acquired, you know, way before even I started my business. And then since and throughout, you know, from trial and error, asking, learning, just educating myself, asking, you know, irrigation companies questions, all kinds of stuff. You know, I've broken enough sprinkler backflows and heads to know how to 
fix the majority of them from calling sprinkler companies. Oh, how do you turn it off? Oh, it's here. Oh, where? Oh, it's there. Oh, it's 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 up against the house. Well, then you got to go in the crawl space and turn it off. Like I've learned all these tricks from all these you know unfortunate situations that happen. So you you, you live and learn, right? So. I just offer that to people just, just to help them out. Cause like I said, it usually takes five to 10 minutes, max five minutes more. So 10 minutes now, it's like, you should be charging for something like that. Of course, especially if you have uh, employees waiting on you, but I try to time it out, you know, properly so that it, it's not wasting anyone's time. You know, you, you know, whatever it's the end of the day or when, when we're, when we're there, you know, and everyone's finishing up blowing off or something, I just hop in there real quick and fix it or change it or whatever. But I'm fine with that. I'd rather do that, like I said, than wait for this, wait for them to go through the hassle of trying to figure out how to get someone to come do it for them, and then they not, then that company not do it right anyway, or the way that I want it, or whatever, you know. And uh, and also, I'd rather do do it myself than it not be done. Than them not listen or ignore the email and not have it be done, and me constantly get stuck in these people's yards because they're overwatering it. So, anyway. Went a little bit longer on that whole situation than, than I intended, but what else is new, right? I'm, I'm the ramble king, uh, the, the rabbit hole master. But <laughs> anyway, um, I definitely gave some tips there about communication and, and proper watering this time of year to help get you through the muddy season. Um, I'm pretty confident most 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 regions probably have this issue, especially the the, the more north you go because you know, the soil gets better and better and it gets softer and softer and retains the moisture and all that stuff and whatever, whatever. So comment in the, the, if you're listening to this on Spotify, comment below on the episode, there's, there's a spot where you can leave a comment. Um, what are your tips? What do you do? Uh, what, you know, how, how do you deal with this muddy situation? You know, it's definitely an extreme going from sunny to muddy, you know, it's cloudy, it's wet, damp, you know, it makes it very challenging. The grass is growing like crazy on top of it all. So sometimes you have to double cut a yard that's a mud pit. So that's not going to happen. So you got to go back and blow some of the stuff off and just do the best you can. And it's like, you know, people, you got to, you got to help me help you, you know, and sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes they have their sprinklers off and it rains so much that you just, you just have to skip the yard until next week or something, you know, or, or yards, you know, some yards are worse than others. Some yards are perfectly fine and you're just flying through it. Like it's nothing. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not dry, um, but it's not a mud pit that you're getting stuck in, you know? So let, let me know in the comments, how you navigate this situation. I just went through, you know, 40 minutes of, of my whole situation and what I do this time of year and and, uh, and, and and all that. And hopefully it helps some of you guys, if not entertain some of you or made you feel like, hey, I'm not the only one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've definitely been there, done that. And um, just, just sharing, sharing facts, folks, in between guest episodes. So thank you guys for listening, as always, to my, my, uh, my rants. Thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And as always... Thanks for listening. Till the next episode, it's the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.